I will never forget the day that I got an F on my very first assignment. And what's interesting about that assignment was it was in my eighth grade science class. I later ended up becoming an eighth grade science teacher. And that's the class that I got my very first F in. You know what else is interesting about that assignment? Is that I got every single question correct on that assignment. My work, my answers, my science knowledge, 100%. It was perfect. The reason that I got an F on that assignment had nothing to do with my knowledge. It had everything to do with the fact that I had forgotten that assignment in my locker. And when I handed that assignment to Mr. Smith, he put a 50% on it. It said 10 out of 10, and then it said F. Why? Because his late policy was it's automatically a 50%. I never had another late assignment in his class. I never had another late assignment until I got to college. And the same damn thing happened. In my freshman geology class, I got a 50% on an assignment. It was an assignment about rocks. And I'm going to tell you, I rocked it. (laughs) I actually did. I had a perfect score on the assignment. But his policy was the same, so I got an F. Perfect answers, perfect knowledge, but I forgot the assignment in my dorm room. And that meant that I got half credit, even though I did it all. What do these things have in common? Well, it has to do with homework policies, late policies, and what a grade actually means. So what I want to do in this episode is break down some things that I have pledged to never do to my students. And maybe it will cause you to reflect on on grading practices and policies that potentially you have in your classroom too. This one is going to be one that we need right now due to the fact that our quarters are ending and maybe we're starting a new quarter or maybe you're getting ready to finalize grades and you're looking at it and you're asking, is this a true indicator of what my kids know? Now, before we get into the depth of this episode, I want to read a five-star review that was left on the Apple Podcast app. The listener of the week gave five stars and said, total awesomeness. The This Teacher Life podcast is balls. Monica is funny and gives great tips and advice with the best humor. I love listening each week and every teacher should really listen to become a better educator. Really great stuff. Thank you so much for leaving that. I have to tell you when that first popped up in my Apple podcast feed, I was like, Yes, this person literally said amaze balls. I haven't said amaze balls since like mm, probably 2001, but I'm going to bring it back. I'm so glad that you find that this teacher life podcast amaze balls. I think you're amaze balls. Thanks for being the listener of the week. You know what else is amaze balls? When we give students a grade that is a true indicator of their knowledge. How can we do that? find out in this episode. There is awesome in every single school day.
the big question. How can teachers like us who love our job, love our students, and love being a part of education, celebrate awesome even more in our classrooms and learning communities? Where can we find teaching tips and tricks? Where can we find engaging stories and motivational strategies? That is the question, and this weekly podcast is your answer. So welcome to all my teacher friends. My name is Monica Genta, and I am so excited that you are here listening to this podcast, This Teacher Life. I'm going to make a bold statement right now, but I want you to know that I've thought long and hard about this and I mean what I'm about to say. I think that the grading system that we use traditionally in the United States is whack. Like, I can't believe that we still live in a world that has things on a 100 point scale. And I'm going to actually talk about the 100 point scale in a completely different episode because what I want to focus on here today are four things that I do not let impact a grade on an assignment for a student. These are four things that I've pledged to say, if this goes wrong, if this doesn't happen, if this does happen, I am not taking off academic points. I'm not being, because you did that, 50% automatically because you did that it's a zero because you get did that I'm taking 10 points off the top I had that happen twice in my life one as an eighth grader and one as like an adult in college and to this day I remember those moments and I know some of you are saying that's because it was 50% you you remembered it it only happened twice because the consequence was good in a lot of ways I agree with you I, I do remember those moments. But at the end of the quarter, at the end of the semester, did my grade reflect what I knew in eighth grade science and what I knew in college geology? Uh, hell, what was the class? Geology. Clearly, I didn't learn a whole lot in geology. But did it reflect what I knew in that content area? No. It was skewed. The grade was skewed because of one assignment that had nothing to do with knowledge and had everything to do with left it in my locker, left it in my dorm room. I just, I cannot roll like that. I personally cannot roll like that. Do you know what would have been just as effective for me in eighth grade science? A call home. I know with 100% confidence, had Mr. Smith, my science teacher, called home, I would have never forgotten another assignment. I know with 100% confidence, had Mr. Smith given me a lunch detention for a missing assignment, for one that was in my locker, that I wouldn't have had another late assignment. The same situation could have had a different consequence And it would have reflected my actual knowledge of science. But instead, I got a skewed grade on my report card. Now, luckily, in eighth grade science, the skewed was I got a 92% in that class. I got an A minus, damn it, instead of like a 100%. 
So I still had the A, but that bothered me. In college, that did impact my actual grade. I did not end that class. I did not end geology with an A. I got a B in that class. But I got a perfect score on the assignment. The reason why I'm giving you these real-life context examples is because maybe this has happened to you as well. Maybe you had a personal experience or maybe you have created that personal experience for a student. And this is not about shaming. This is not, not about being like, oh, how dare you? This is about if we want to become the best teachers possible and truly have grades reflect what a student knows in a subject area, is what we are putting on these report cards an actual clear indicator of that? So let me give you some practical ideas on four things that I do not take credit off of if a student forgets it, okay? Number one, very basic, a no-name paper. I am not taking off points for a name. Is it annoying if they don't write their name on their paper? Oh my God, it's so annoying. Is it like one of those things where it's like, oh my gosh, just write your name on your paper? Oh, for sure. Like I get the frustration with it. I get the annoyance of it. But if a kid turns in a 10-point math assignment to me and I take off one point right off the top because they didn't write their name, does that help them learn math? No. Does it indicate how much math they know? No. If they get all of them right but they get a 90%, I have skewed the system because they didn't write their name. So what do you do? I, I don't, I'm not loosey-goosey in my classroom. I run a very tight ship. So if a student doesn't put their name on their paper, is there a separate consequence? Yes. And we'll get into that later. So, friends, I urge you, I beg you, consider if you are taking points off for a name, why? If it's to teach a lesson, teach it in a different way. Second thing. If they write in pen, if they write in highlighter, if they write in crayon, I do not care what a kid writes in as long as I can read it. Would pencil be better? Yes. Would, is highlighter one of those kind of like annoying things that is really difficult to read? Yes. Is a broken crayon better than nothing? Also, yes. If I can read it, I will grade it. That's it. And sometimes on a highlighter, especially a yellow highlighter, do I have to squint a little bit? I do. But if here's, here's the policy. If I can read it, I will grade it. Because just because you did the math or you did the science or you did the reading and highlighter, if your answer is correct, if your reflection is correct, if your number is correct, that is correct. Give them credit. Again, annoying, yes. Irresponsible, probably. But they had something. I feel like we just have to move past the I didn't have a pencil. Did you have a crayon? Did you have a Sharpie? Did you have a highlighter? Did you have a flare pin? Did you have a Crayola marker? What did you have? You had something. Yeah, but you said we couldn't write it. Nope, you can write in whatever, th- whatever you want. 
Let's eliminate the excuses for kids to not do the work and just allow them to do the work. This episode is totally not over, but while we're on the topic of doing the work, here's what I want to applaud. You guys are doing the work to build rooted relationships with kids. You are connecting with them. You know about their interests. You know about their skills. You know about their strengths. You are connecting with kids, which is impacting all of the great things that are happening in your classroom. But I also understand at this point in the school year, we are maybe hitting a wall. We're not getting to know kids on some levels as much as others. We've got some kids who've got a wall up and when we have a wall as teachers, we can build a bridge to bust that wall down or walk over the top of the wall. How do we do that? By getting new relationship building strategies, by engaging in some new SEL lessons and ideas. Where can you find those? Friends, in the Rooted Classroom course. Starting in December, I am leading a completely virtual, super fun, super flexible online course called The Rooted Classroom, Building Ridiculously Strong Relationships with Students. I want to officially invite you to participate in this epic virtual PD experience where you can earn up to 15 hours worth of PD credits. It is going to be an experience that is going to take your relationships with your students and your staff to whole new levels. Registration is open for the Rooted Classroom course. You can go go to monicagenta.com slash courses. That's monicagenta.com slash courses. I would love to build a rooted relationship with you so you can build rooted relationships with your students. Check out the Rooted Classroom course. Registration is open now at monicagenta.com slash courses. So back to the four things that I'm not taking credit away from students for. We talked about the name. No name, no worries. I'll track you down. Highlighter, okay, high five. You have a highlighter. You wrote your answers in highlighter. High five, because you did the work. Next one, if students need another copy of the assignment. If your locker ate your assignment. If your dog ate your assignment. If you just simply cannot find the assignment. Do I say, well, should have been responsible. Yes. Do I say, oh my God, why is your binder look like that? Yes. But do I still want kids to do the work? Yeah, because we're actually letting them off the hook. If we say, too dang bad, I'm not giving you another one. We are literally letting students off the hook and then have absolutely no data to say whether a student is proficient or not proficient in the content that we are trying to teach them and reach them on this assignment, on this worksheet, on this piece of paper. So can students get new copies of my assignments? The answer is yes, because I still want them to engage in the learning process. Now, I know with technology these days, not having a name, writing in highlighter is a little different because some of us are like, everything's digital. Everything's in Google Classroom. I equate the needing a new copy, the equivalent to they didn't click submit in Google Classroom. They did the work. 
They just didn't click turn in. They did the work. They just attached the wrong thing. Am I going to give a zero or a half credit or a partial credit simply because they didn't click turn in? No. I'm going to say, yo, Addie, girl, your assignment looks blank. Is it really blank? No, I, I did it. Oh, I think you attached the wrong file. Can you send me the file? Yo, Dev, yo, Dev, bro, bro. It doesn't look like you turned anything in. Did you turn anything in? Yeah, it's done. Oh, I think you just forgot to hit uh, submit. Can you just go in and click turn in? Yeah, I'm sorry, Miss G. No worries. No worries. New copy? Yes. Didn't click submit? No worries. Is there going to be a consequence? Yes. Does the consequence equate to a lower grade? No, it does not. And that brings me to my final thing that I will not do. I will not give you a zero or half credit or partial credit if it's late, if it's in your locker, if it's at home. At the very beginning of this episode, I told you two what feels like traumatic stories now. Like, how am I an adult? I'm an adult in my 30s who still remember both of those moments so distinctly. How? Because it made an impact. Because I thought, this is whack. As a 12-year-old, I knew that's crazy. Do I get what the teacher was trying to do? They were trying to teach me a lesson. The lesson was taught, but the lesson could have been taught in another way. Is this maybe just a personal difference? Maybe some of you might be listening right now and being like, no, you have not changed my mind. Okay, thank you for listening. I'm not going to win all of these, right? At the end of the day, you have to feel good about what you're doing. But I just feel like a grade has to indicate content knowledge. A grade cannot indicate responsibility. A grade cannot indicate like that they had to attend a funeral. A grade cannot indicate that they only had a broken crayon at home. A grade cannot indicate that they're just being a punk for a minute. A grade should indicate content mastery, period. So you might be thinking, okay, so Monica, what do we do? How do we hold these kids accountable? How do we make these kids responsible? Oh, you know I'm coming to you with those things because I think accountability, responsibility, organization those are life skills those are college career and life skills that our kids need so do I just make a million copies and say free copies for everybody please write and highlight or students no absolutely not if you need another copy guess what you can come get one during your lunchtime and you can sit with me during your lunchtime in a not cool way to earn a new copy. If you are taking more of my papers, I am going to take potentially more of your time. We're trading, okay? It's practically like the Oregon Trail. We are negotiating. You need gunpowder? Okay. You can give me gunpowder if if uh, if you hook me up with some some meat from when you went hunking, hunting. This is an Oregon Trail reference. I don't know if you guys remember that, but that was the greatest computer game on DOS that has ever been created. Nonetheless, I'm negotiating. If you turn in a paper in late, first time, I'm going to give you a free pass. Second, third, fourth time, oh, we're out of free passes. Potentially, that's a call home. 
to say like yo we got an organization issue yo we got a timeline issue yo we got a responsibility issue calls home big fan of a call home spending some time with you at lunch in an in cool way big fan of that stalking the kids in the cafeteria or on the playgrounds absolutely I'll find them I'll track you down there are ways to create a consequence there are ways to have clear and consistent expectations that do not equate to students getting lower grades when we printed or will print our first quarter report cards if a student has an F I hope that means that they truly do not understand any of your math for that matter if a student has an A I hope that it's not because they brought a pencil every day and they got five points in math class for bringing a pencil. The opposite of this is true as well. If we are boosting grades, beefing up grades for things that have nothing to do with our subject area, I want us to know that that's an equal problem. Like just because a kid brought a pencil does not mean they know math. Just because a kid has a clean organized binder does not mean they know social studies. Just because a kid raises their hand and participates does not necessarily mean that they have a clear indicator or mastery of your subject area. Could just mean that they like to hear their voice and and raise their hand a lot. So when we print the report cards, when we have the parent-teacher conference, when we look at our semester final grades, that grade, that letter, that percentage needs to be an indicator of here's what that kid knows at that moment in time what do you do if a kid never turns in one single assignment because I know somebody what about the kid who never turns in anything well I hope that your school has a policy for late stays or Saturday school or summer school incompletes in a grade book are a real thing Give a kid a big I-C. You know what I-C stands for? It stands for incomplete. It also stands for I see you after school. I see you this summer. I see you on a Saturday school. Incomplete is a real thing. But we can't just give give a kid a zero. Then it becomes, I believe, in my opinion, time for time. You wasted a whole quarter? Okay, okay. Sounds like we're wasting some Saturdays together. I understand that then it's like, well, then transportation becomes an issue. Then this. Here's the thing. I think we have to put a little bit of pressure on students. But at the end of the day, when a kid graduates or moves forward or gets promoted to the next grade level, and a a teacher who does not know that student, who did not have that student in class, looks at the report card and sees that they got a D minus in fourth grade reading that should indicate to that teacher this student is a struggling reader not that this student struggled to keep their mouth shut during class not that this student struggled to have loose leaf paper it should be this student is struggling to read I also grade my SEL class based off of something completely different if it's an advisory if it's a homeroom if it's a life skills class If the content in the curriculum is truly 
life skills grade it differently. As an example, I teach on a daily basis math to middle schoolers and SEL to middle schoolers. The way I grade those two classes are very different because the standards are different. Responsibility, organization, participation, effective communication are standards in SEL. They are not standards in math. So at the end of the day, what's this about? Knowing your standards and the grades reflecting content knowledge of those standards. Ooh-wee. Now, I want to say something as we close out this episode. If it felt like I was angry with you, I'm not angry with you. If it felt like I was judgy, I'm not judging you. If it felt like I was being critical or negative or nasty, that's not what I wanted to have happen here. Did I get fired up in this episode? Yes. Were my hands flailing all over the microphone as I sit in front of my computer screens and record this by myself at 5.30 p.m. after a school day? Yes. Did I get intense? I did. My Apple Watch asked if I was working out. I am not working out. I'm talking as a passionate teacher to fellow passionate teachers. If you disagree with any of these, cool, let's talk about it. I seriously, I love engaging in difference of opinions. Doesn't mean we're fighting. It just means that we might disagree. I would love to hear your thoughts. I would love to troubleshoot with you. But no name, no problem. Highlighter, high five. New copy, no problem. Incomplete means okay for now. I think that grades should be an indicator of mastery, period. What else we can master is helping students become college career and life ready. We just do that in a different way. So I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I would love it if you check out monicajensa.com slash courses for that relationship building course that's going to begin in December. Until the next episode drops on Sunday, new episodes of This Teacher Life every Sunday. Hit subscribe so you don't miss them. But until that moment, until this audio is filling you with awesome next week, thank you so much for living this teacher life.